Hey friend, really excited for this Portfolio Career Podcast episode with Frank Denbo. Um, wanted to start the new year with a new podcast. I'm so grateful to have found my voice in 2018. I can't really remember ever having it before. Um, had some very tough periods in my life personally and professionally. So thank you everyone so much for your help. And if you're looking to find your voice, please let me know if I can help. Maybe you want to record a podcast episode. Maybe, you know, you want to start blogging. Whatever it is, I, I highly recommend you to find your voice and start small. I'm really excited to hear and connect more with you in 2019. I have some ideas, but I really want to hear what would be helpful to you. So please leave me a review in Apple Podcast, email me, and check out my website, PortfolioCareerPodcast.com to subscribe to my personal newsletter. So back to this episode with Frank. So after graduating college from Carnegie Mellon, Frank mentions his journey into breaking into the New York tech scene years ago. He started by just helping out at events to build relationships and create value for people. And then Frank was named one of the 20 awesome people in the New York tech scene you need to know about. So we talk about some of his lessons learned from his startup, Startup Threads, which is now called Inca, a tech forward t-shirt swag company. We talk about some the not always talked about stories in the New York tech business scene and one of his recent projects, Inflection, a community for profitable bootstrapping companies. Definitely check that out. He talks about his exciting vision for Inflection with events and more to come in 2019. So tune in to build and grow your portfolio career. And as always, let me know what you think. Cool. Welcome to Portfolio Career Podcast. Your host, Dave Nabinski, is here with Frank Dembao. How's it going, Frank? Going well. Good to see you. Likewise. So, Frank, it's Friday. If we were about to, if we were to go to an event tonight, how do you typically introduce yourself? Uh, depends on where I'm going, but I would say Frank Dembo, I'm an entrepreneur working on Inflection, which is a conference for profitable founders, and engineer and founder of Inca, which is an automation platform for B2B merchandise. Okay. So a couple of different things. Yeah. Okay. And can't wait to dive into all of those. Um, I'm wearing an inflection t-shirt right now um and uh kind of combining the two as i always do <laughs> yeah so so inca used to also was rebranded from startup threads that's right yeah i'd love to learn a little bit more about because um, i think startup threads is a is a really interesting seems like a really interesting into the startup world for you in terms of uh, building a company in the startup ecosystem maybe talk to me a little bit more about when the company got started um, and what your vision was then? Yeah, so I got involved in the New York startup community about seven, eight years ago. And I was going to a ton of events, helping out, taking out the trash and talking to speakers after and doing whatever I could to volunteer. Um, and I actually went to a startup weekend and I had this idea to do kind of a, a funny t-shirt website. And it was kind of a joke. It wasn't really meant to be a, a company or something that I was going to think about after the weekend. But somebody who was there kind of put a bug in my ear and said, like, hey, how about you do like a T-shirt store for startups? And at the time, I was doing some part-time evangelism work for uh, companies like Tulio and SendGrid. I saw like how much they were using T-shirts and how it like mattered to their marketing. And so I ended up kind of launching a side project, which was 
eventually turned into Startup Threads, which was kind of a subscription service. So every month the companies would pay to have their shirts included. We would have subscribers on the other end who'd pay 20 bucks. They'd get a cool new t-shirt, something exclusive. They'd also get some stickers and maybe some discounts or promo codes from some of the companies. And so it was like a good marketing channel for those companies because they knew they were going to get three, 400 developers wearing their shirts at less than the cost that it would normally cost to buy those shirts and ship them. And so I started that on a, on a whim is not really meant to be a real project. I was working on some other things and then it kind of just led me. Like I kind of just, I didn't think about it as a business. I thought of it as a side project and I gave it that kind of attention for the first couple of years, but eventually there were signs from companies I was working with that they wanted to do more. You know, Stripe came to me. They said, hey, we have this capture the flag contest. We want to ship stuff to 300 people around the world. We don't really have a great way to do that without making our office manager pissed off at us. So we ended up taking a CSV of all their addresses and then we handled the rest. And so some of those things kind of led me towards building out new features and building it into like a real company. And I think Finally, it was probably when Mixpanel came to us and they said, hey, we want an API so that we can automatically move people through a funnel by enticing them with custom merchandise. I said, okay, now we have something that could really scale and that has a lot of applications. So not even just promotional products, but you know, custom apparel that is sold through e-commerce or stuff that goes into retail locations. Having those APIs for the production and fulfillment actually has a lot of use cases. And so it was about three years ago that I finally decided to take it full time. Okay. And so does that seem like, you know, an advice for a founder would be, you know, kind of start small, listen to listen to the market and kind of see where things go? Is that, did I, you know, would you going through that kind of experience, is that some advice you give to founders? I would definitely say you got to follow what customers are thinking, at least to ideate and understand what their needs are. Because I definitely didn't set out to create an API for B2B merchandise. It was not what I, th- I didn't sit in a, in a room with a bunch of people and figure out that that was the market. It just revealed itself to me by listening to what they were saying. And I think my vision at the beginning was not the same vision I have now. And that's mostly because I was willing to to let those things lead me. I didn't have like a rigid, you know, purpose, which I guess serves some people in certain ways. But for me, having some flexibility to it and treating it like a side project, I wasn't as married to, you know, the concept that I initially had. Okay. And then you also mentioned about seven or eight years ago that to get involved in the tech startup community, you just started volunteering for events and stuff. Um, Is that some advice you'd give to people that are trying to break in? Yeah, I mean, at that time, I didn't know anybody in tech. I remember particularly one specific event where I went and you normally do like the lap, you like walk around and it's like, all right, if I see somebody, I'll like say hi. And I did one lap and I didn't know a single person. I was like, all right, let me do another lap. (laughs) I did the second lap. I was like, oh, man, I really don't know anybody in this room. And I just started randomly 
striking up a conversation and found that people were really welcoming and warm at that time in the startup community. And I was able to, to make those connections. And so I guess the advice I would give is to, to start wherever you can and find ways to, to be helpful to other people. And I feel like that was the thing that got me to be involved in Startup Weekend, ended up becoming the the lead organizer for that. And that was just from me proactively going out and saying, hey, I really like this organization. Like, let me know what I can do to help. Like, these are the things that I'm good at and I'm happy to provide that for you. I don't know if everybody has that proactive attitude towards it. They might, you know, respond when people publicize, hey, I'm looking for X, Y, and Z. But a lot of times people need help and they're not going to be super public about those needs. So it's always good to be proactive and and find ways to be useful. So you mentioned people could be looking for help. So like event organizers could be looking for help, but may not necessarily be asking for it. Or- a lot of times you can figure out what people need, right? Like a founder is looking for more sales, like a sales leader is looking for leads. Like you can proactively do those things and share with those people and you don't necessarily need their permission to go and do those things. And that was the thing that I think helped me the most in building my network in New York is that people know that I, I honestly enjoy connecting people. I think it's like one of the highest value things I can do that is not a ton of effort. So I, I put a lot of time into to doing that for other people. And you never know where it's going to come back, if, if it's going to come back and help you. But it's gratifying in the act itself to be able to do that. So I definitely encourage people to, to try to be proactive with it. Like, not everybody is going to hand you an opportunity on a silver platter. You got to go and get it a lot of times. Yeah. You have permission to add value. <laughs> yeah. Um, just be thoughtful about it. Exactly. Um, you mentioned connecting people and helping people trying to get jobs and stuff. Uh, I personally love uh, when I see you post on Facebook and say, who's hiring? And then in this like viral thread happens. Um, yeah. I've only seen it the last maybe like two or three times. So if you're listening, please friend request Frank. <laughs> I mean, that alone, like, or if you're a recruiter, like just check this guy out. Like, it's just crazy the amount of activity that happens on that. Like, do you just wake up one morning and saying, you know what? I feel like I want to see if, you know, start connecting people. Yeah. You know, it, it happens because of friends telling me that, that they're looking, but they're not necessarily ready to jump out and post that on Facebook and every other platform that they're, they're struggling and having problems with that. And it's something that's dear to me because when I left college, I was struggling really hard to, to find a job. And I, I'd known a lot of people, but I didn't have necessarily a network where I felt like people were going to go out and look out for me in that way. And so I, I totally understand when my friends are having that same pain, when they're like, well, I don't know how I'm going to pay rent next month. And I know that they're talented and I know they have something to offer and they might just not know about a certain startup or other company that's hiring. Maybe their fundraising wasn't public or whatever it was. So it's an easy way to connect people. And we've definitely gotten a bunch of people jobs, which is super fun. I talked to one friend that I connected to a company that raised a whole lot of money and he's a VP there and he's been there for five years. And at that point, when I told him about the company, he hadn't heard about it. So it's pretty cool to, to be able to, to do that. And I just really empathize with people who are 
struggling with those things. So yeah. basically just honestly, those posts come when I get two or three friends saying like, hey, I'm looking for something or something crazy happens. Like there's a lot of stuff that happens to founders, I think, or not to founders, to, to employees at startups that isn't talked about a lot. And a lot of times they're kind of the disposable assets mm. in a lot of in a lot of scenarios. And so a lot of times people are, you know, working at a company for a while and fundraising doesn't go right or CEO makes wrong decisions and they're the ones that have to suffer. And so I empathize with that as well. So mm-hmm. it's an easy, easy, just easy post, put it up. Yeah, I love it. It's, it's awesome to watch. People kind of engage themselves. Yeah. I want to say a name and I want to get your reaction to it. Um, Hank Williams. Hank Williams. Yeah. What does Hank Williams, what does he represent for you? Um, so Hank is somebody, uh, entrepreneur who represents kind of bringing people together. Uh, he and I met a few times. I think we were on a couple panels together. Uh, I think we had dinner a group dinner at Soho House a long time ago. And I remember it was a bunch of black founders and I was this like young kid, doesn't really know what he's doing. And all these experienced folks and like Hank and others were there. And they were the people that I was, you know, looking up to and really inspired by. And, you know, there's a couple of times where I, I remember reading his blog and reading about some of his thoughts on connecting people and also some of the, the issues that happen with, you know, black folks in tech and the the things that we experience and how other people are exalted in in ways that kind of make you scratch your head to see, you know, somebody who like holds racist views being paraded on stage, you know? And so Hank was always somebody who I respected for that. And, you know, he ended up passing pretty suddenly. We didn't have like a close relationship, but when I was putting together inflection, I was kind of looking back on some of the things he was doing a platform and a lot of videos there that I was checking out and a lot of what he was saying really resonated and I could see the vision for what he wanted to have happen to to really connect people and give them really actionable feedback so that they can grow their companies and build great things and so he's not around to to do those things so I kind of feel like I I have to at least remember and use the the thoughts that he had and the the vision he had and try to infuse it into some of the stuff I'm doing. Mm. And it also seems, I've read a little bit, that his vision and what you're doing with inflection, and we'll go into inflection a little bit more, seems like it has some like personal elements to it and, and family elements to it. Are you able to speak to a little bit about how that resonates with you on a personal and like family level? Um. Yeah, I mean, I guess my whole work with inflection is is for me to to help my friends and to to help people see a different vision of what success in entrepreneurship could be. And for me, I have been one of the few people in my family to be an entrepreneur. It's not a normal path that my family has taken. A lot of them are in the medical field or legal and all all kinds of stuff, but entrepreneurship wasn't really something that was something I was brought up in. Um, I would see my vision of entrepreneurship was, you know, people in Jamaica selling stuff on the side of the street, making money like from their, their truck. You know, it wasn't something that was, you know, raising a ton of money or having 
that type of process to me. So I guess my early entrepreneurship experiences and what I saw in my family was kind of my, my first vision. I remember traveling around with my uh, aunt. Uh, she bakes cakes and I would drive around with her to, to places in <laughs> in Long Island dropping off cakes and she would just, you know, make some cash from that. And that was that for me was entrepreneurship and I guess with some of the stuff I'm seeing now, I really wanted to highlight some of those uh, visions of really interesting entrepreneurs who are just grinding it out, making a profit, and finding a way to survive and continue and grow. Because I feel like that's what can make a family succeed. It's not necessarily that you have to be chasing after a billion dollar vision in order to be happy or be successful. Okay. And so... Let's. Uh, are you able to expand a little bit upon uh, what Inflection is, what you've done uh, so far? Yeah, so Inflection is a community for profit-driven entrepreneurs. So we've done a couple of conferences and fireside chats uh, with really interesting speakers talking about their journey to building profitable businesses. So it could be we've had some venture-backed founders who've built companies, raised small amounts of money and got to profitability soon after. There's some folks who have product businesses, um, brick and mortar. It really runs a gamut of different types of companies. And a lot of the the speakers are really diverse in terms of like interest and background and race and gender as well. And so that's also been a, a really fun part that I've been able to get folks who normally haven't been on the speaking circuit, but have a lot of things to say. Um, I think that's kind of an advantage to the event that you can hear from somebody who you might not have heard from before. And I just hope people will trust me that I'm I'm picking really good people and just come with an open mind to it. So uh, we're planning some bigger events for 2019. Uh, so you can check it out, inflectionconf.com. Mm-hmm. Got to get the plug in. Of course, of course, <laughs> yeah. And, and so, and that's because what's the stat? It's 99% or 90% of of all startups or entrepreneurs are not venture backed what you know it seems like yeah. you're really servicing a community that really hasn't been you know kind of serviced in the at least I've seen in the New York tech um, ecosystem yeah I, I think a lot of founders have this kind of decision that they have to make that a lot of times there's these companies that are kind of in the middle like they have something that's decent. It may make some users happy, but it may not hit venture scale. Um, and out of respect for those investors, it doesn't make sense to go out and spend their money if you can't realistically hit those numbers that they need, right? So in those scenarios, I would I would love to see some more of those founders figure out ways to, to build out sustainable business or think about from the beginning do I really want to go down that path? Because for some businesses, that is the right path. That's exactly what you should do. You should raise money, grow the business, capture market, raise more, and be able to like build a team rapidly. Um, and there's tons of examples of companies that have done that successfully, um, which are great to follow um, if that's what you want to do. If that's not what you want to do, that's not what your business is capable of doing, then it would be good for those folks to see you know, how other folks are, are able to, to make something sustainable. Because I think 
the end of the day, if you're, you're building something, you're happy with what you're building, your customers are happy, and you're able to sustain yourself, that's a win to me. That's not a failure if you build a 5 10 $20 million business and you're able to keep your staff happy and your family happy. So uh, I just want more of those stories to be featured. It's not, it may not hit the headlines for major press <laughs> if you're doing those things, but I think other entrepreneurs are interested in those stories. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really interesting that you mentioned when you came out of Carnegie Mellon with a computer engineering background that you found it hard to find a job. And then also then now you've, you know, you basically, it seems like you've had a lot of different roles. And I also want to talk about Sage in a little bit too. Um, but, you know, have a technical background, founder, community focused approach. You know, what are, what's, what's some uh, advice that you'd have for people that are, you know, maybe just have like one of those or are trying to think about, you know, how do they build a more um, like sustainable career that maybe they don't want to be a founder? What's some advice that you give for somebody that's, you know, trying to, you know, be a little bit more um, defensible or, or like a linchpin? I don't think I'm the best person to give advice on that <laughs> at all because my career has been totally up and down. I just always knew that building companies was something I wanted to do and I was always interested in. I used to sell stuff on eBay when I was 12 years old. So I knew I always had that bug. I guess for for other folks who are trying to find you know, good roles, I mean, find companies that align with your values, be willing to, to take on a smaller role. And if you're able to learn, there's no shame in, in that and building your career that way. A lot of folks end up building businesses afterwards by by joining onto other companies and seeing how they work. I have zero experience with that uh, personally. So <laughs> this is just my conjecture on, on what I think people would want to do. But I think the other part is people are more willing to, are more interested in seeing what you're capable of doing rather than necessarily having a resume that hits certain points. So proving yourself in whatever way, especially if you want to get a job at a startup. Um, having seen sent a lot of people to different companies. That's one of the things uh, folks tell me they're they're interested in. They want to know that you, if you're a growth hacker or growth marketer, that you're able to give an example of how you were able to do that for somebody prior. Obviously, designers have design portfolios, but thinking about having that type of portfolio for whatever other job function you might have is super helpful. So for developers, it's your GitHub, designers, it might be your Behance or you know your Dribble account, but even for like business stuff, you you can find ways to demonstrate your thinking, and that might be through a blog, might be through Twitter, might be through engaging with people, having conversations, but it's not always through uh, a flat resume that you upload somewhere. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then um, that's great advice. I also would love to learn a little bit more about Sage and kind of product marketing consulting. Yeah, um, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So uh, as a founder, <laughs> I I started thinking of like, what skills do I have? <laughs> because I'm pretty mediocre at a lot of things. I think I'm more mediocre. I'm mediocre at more things than most people. Right. So I've had to like learn how to do a little bit of design, development, marketing, product, copywriting. And I mean, the truth is my business was doing really well for a while and then it kind of stalled out. Right. And so we 
I had to figure out how I was going to get extra cash in order to, to fund the business. And so I started doing consulting as a way of doing that because I felt like other founders could take from my experience that encompasses kind of a, a holistic strategy. And so it could be me essentially coming in as an extra set of eyes to help them figure out whatever problems they're having. And I could brain dump you know, my knowledge onto them. And product marketing was part of that. And it was one of the things that I saw in my my current company that I needed the most help on was finding ways to express what the company was about to new users to the website. And I ended up hiring my friend Annie to help me with some copywriting because once you really drill down, like copywriting is the key to conversion on the web. And so having clear vision of what you stand for, what your company is about, and using all these structures of copy in order to communicate that really well is something that I have never been great at. I, I've had great ideas, but communicating them in a way that convinces somebody to also get that same understanding takes some work. And so I started teaming up with her and we ended up working really well together and we started then doing it for other people and it kind of came about naturally. I said, why don't we just do this for, for other folks? I think it would be useful. So we take a holistic approach. We kind of learn everything about the company do a bunch of customer interviews, uh, talk to different types of stakeholders in the business, and then use that to come up with a report to understand, like, this is who you are to your customers. This is what they're saying about you. And this is the voice of the customer, essentially. And using that to put copy that matches what your like happiest customers or your most engaged users would say about you and using that to create new landing pages and copy for messaging and sales and all these other parts of the business. I think it's been really impactful. My past clients have been really happy and I've really enjoyed like learning about these new businesses and giving them perspective on how they can change their conversion in terms of the, the web and their, their copy in a way that doesn't necessarily change what the underlying business is. Mm. Um, a lot of times it's just the angle on how people view your your company that makes them want to even give it a shot or not. And that's like a hard lesson that I've learned that I, I spent too much time not doing that and concentrating on building more and more product, thinking, okay, if I add this feature, then that would convince somebody to, to do it. And when it's really usually something more core to their use case that, that matters. So really just how the customer experiences the product, yeah. how they look at it, how they the story that they tell themselves when they see the website. Yeah. Um, okay. And then uh, it seems like inflection is really the the passion though, right? In terms yeah. of why are you really putting a lot of energy and time to that? That's because you want to see people build sustainable businesses compared to the TechCrunch articles on companies that go boom and bust. Yeah. Um, I guess one of my friends said the other day, you are what you always do. And I always like bringing people together and doing events and helping other founders. And so Inflection is a way for me to encapsulate that into an actual business. It, it hasn't been a business yet. It's kind of just been a, a fun side project. But I guess that's knowing my history. That's how I start things, I guess. And um, yeah, the goal is just to continue finding ways to be helpful to, to other founders and operators at, at different companies. And I would love to see some success stories of people who, you know, took some advice from 
those events and then went on to create a business and then came back and said, like, this was my story. Because I think people are always going to need some inspiration to, to get started, to, to make the first move in things. And then the other part is I don't want to just be an inspiration factory and have people brag about how well they did their company. I want people to tell stories with empathy that have a real core and tells like the real ups and downs of what it takes. Because I don't think building a bootstrap company, as some people say, our self-funding company is always a good thing or is always the right decision. Um, so I want to be realistic about that. And then I also want to have really actionable parts to these events. So it's not just you're sitting there and hearing lectures, but you're actively working with either your roundtable or with an expert in a certain part of your company's development to, to give you some action steps after to say, hey, this these are the things in your copy on your website that need to change. Like, here are some like really simple things that you guys can do to, to fix your business. Um, and hopefully that helps to grow the community of people who can do that for each other. And it doesn't even necessarily need to be an event that happens to, to trigger that, but people will interact with each other and, and find ways to support each other. Okay. And then uh, you mentioned there's some exciting things coming up in 2019. Are you able to speak to that a little bit? Yeah, we're still in the planning phases, but next June will be a year since the last event, and we're planning a bigger 400-person event. So looking at venues right now, um, always looking for sponsors, and you know people who are passionate about that to, to help build out uh, that event. And then also start of next year, we're also publishing a lot more content. Um, so we've had some videos be released, but we're building out kind of the content side of it to, to create more articles about really interesting companies, do deep dives on uh, some of the companies that have already made a success out of themselves and try to understand why they were able to, to do that and what their tricks of the trade were. And yeah, hopefully there'll be a lot of things that resonate with people that they can read and they'll probably see on, on different sites. So. And then uh, is there anything else within your, you know, kind of career arc that you'd like to talk about? Any interesting stories or things that have just been, you know, kind of surprises to you that you maybe want to talk about here? Um, I don't. I think a lot of times people want to have this fairy tale story that makes them feel like they're a success. And personally, never having that arc, I totally get why people want to have that because it it's a reassuring thing to say like, okay, I. I studied in school and I did this and then I did that and then I ascended to this height, right? The reality is a lot of people don't have that kind of story. And uh, I think people, even myself, like have to struggle with that and figure out, you know, what am I really passionate about? What are the things that like keep me going? And then finding ways to be thankful for, you know, what we already have or what we've already achieved instead of, you know, comparing ourselves to other people, get certain accolades. Like you got to just keep grinding and be thankful that you know you're alive and you have you know an opportunity to to still do things and still make a change that will impact your future. Um, it's something I, I definitely remind myself of because uh, nothing I've ever wanted has happened on time. It's always happened <laughs> much later, um, and it takes a lot of times. It just you know takes some some effort and some patience. Okay, and then. Um the best way to, to follow up with you and support some of your efforts is? Um, I'm on Twitter and, and Instagram at Frank Denbo. And then Inflection, uh, you can join the, 
the newsletter at inflectionconf.com. Um, yeah, those are the, the main things. And then if you want custom merchandise, you can go to inca.io. I got a lot of websites. Um, I'm also working on a website for my mom. She's a paper artist and she's teaching classes online. So you can go to joywithpaper.com. She would be mad if I didn't start promoting her. So. <laughs> Put that in the show notes yeah. for sure. Without her, you would not be hearing my voice right now. So, mm. Awesome, Frank. Well, really appreciate your time yeah. and uh, be in touch. Thank you, man. This is great. 